Cause nobody wants to see Marshall no more They want Shady, I'm chopped liver Well if you want Shady, this is what I'll give you A little bit of weed It's money season Welcome to DFS MVP Presented by 4 for 4 Football I am Chris Raybon the senior DFS editor of 444.com, joined by Mr. TJ Hernandez. How you doing, TJ? Yo, Chris, we're back. I, I would say that I missed you, but uh, I talk to you every week, so I miss the listeners, and I'm I'm stoked that it's football. Like, it's officially football season now. There's pricing out on both sites, uh, which we'll get to a little later, but we're we're in it now. Yeah, man. It's um We're recording this on Friday, August 5th, so the DraftKings pricing actually just dropped and it almost threw us off our whole recording schedule because all we <laughs> wanted to do was just sit here and look at the DraftKings pricing. But I digress. Um, before we move on, let's talk about the music that played us in. That was Eminem without me from his 2002 album, Eminem Show. You chose this song, TJ. Tell him about it. I mean, I think it was just fitting because we're back after our long hiatus and hopefully everybody missed us. So uh, just a, a little jump off to get the season started. Most definitely. Um, so before we get into our first podcast of the 2016 season, which, by the way, we will be talking about quarterbacks, all about quarterbacks, quarterback strategy and we will do a bunch of podcasts this preseason. Each one will touch on an individual position, and then we'll probably do a couple more touching on some other DFS theory topics like bankroll management, game selection, etc. So before I get into that, want to let you guys know that we're excited to announce that we're doing a free DFS subscription giveaway. So that's a $99 value. So if you want to get that free DFS subscription, leave DFS MVP a review on iTunes and retweet the podcast from either my account on Twitter, TJ's account on Twitter, or 444's account on Twitter once it comes out. My Twitter name is at Chris Raybon, at C-H-R-I-S-R-A-Y-B-O-N. TJ's is at T-J-H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. And 444's is at 444football. So you t- retweet the pod from one of those accounts. You leave us a retune, uh, review excuse me, on iTunes. And a winner will be chosen at random and announced during the next DFS MVP podcast. So highly encourage you guys to take advantage of that giveaway um but let's get right into it with this quarterback strategy we will be touching on a bunch of articles that we have either released already on 444 or that will be coming out later during the preseason um so you guys could follow along um with a few of these articles because you probably have already seen them or or you can go check them out um after you uh, listen to the podcast, and I will be sure to put the links to any of articles that have dropped uh, on the page, on the 444 page um, with the podcast. So let's jump right in, and we're going to go over some overall quarterback strategy. I'm going to start um, talking about an article that I released uh, about a week ago um, called the DFS Playbook 2016 Quarterback Strategy. And to start off, you know, you really have to understand there's a lot of noise out there when it comes to uh, statistics and when you're choosing a quarterback there are certain stats that matter more than others and you're going to see throughout the preseason especially you're going to see so many 
statistics quoted, and some of them mean something, and some of them are more noise, and they might throw you off. So to to kind of find out which stats you should really pay the most attention to when you're going about analyzing and selecting your DFS quarterbacks, a good thing to do is to l- simply look at the correlations between fantasy points and the various statistics. So on my DFS playbook article, I start off with a table. It's a pretty big table, and it just lists a bunch of correlations uh, between FanDuel points and DraftKings points and stats. So um, what you see for quarterbacks is that you have touchdown rate at a .81 correlation on FanDuel and a uh, .74, uh, a .8, sorry, excuse me, uh, correlation on DraftKings, and that's a very high correlation. That's the highest correlation of anything that doesn't, you know, directly go into fantasy points like uh, like actual touchdowns per game or anything like that. So um, you see touchdown rate, you see quarterback rating right below that at .75 and .74, uh, you see yards per attempt at .54 um, on, for both sites, and completion percentage even is pretty high up at .49 and .48 on FanDuel and DraftKings respectively. So what this is telling you basically is that for quarterbacks, and this is unlike any other position, uh, efficiency really matters for a quarterback. And that's because um, if you're just looking at attempt volume, it can skew uh you know what a quarterback how efficient a quarterback really is and how many fantasy points he's really putting up because for a quarterback the more attempts he's putting up he could be less efficient because he could just be throwing incompletion so it's not exactly the same as say uh getting a touch for a running back or even a target as a wide receiver um because targets for wide receivers are of course um in high demand because not many receivers get a lot of them so i think that's the big lesson with quarterbacks is always to pay attention to uh, efficiency over volume, and and when you look at a quarterback, you, you know, don't just say, well, he's gonna be trailing, and he's gonna get a lot of extra throws, and that's why I want to pick him. Because if a quarterback is trailing in the first place, that usually means he was not that efficient throughout most of the game to begin with. So unless you're talking about a a shootout type situation, which I'll get more into later when we talk about stacking and whatever not. Um, it's best to kind of target efficient quarterbacks, ta- target quarterbacks playing against that have a, a a chance to be very efficient in a given week. So that means targeting quarterbacks playing against weak defenses and targeting quarterbacks that are just known to be efficient, period. And, of course, you know, one way to do that is something that I know if you follow TJ, you, you'll see him tweet a lot about this, about Vegas lines and various statistics about team implied point totals and whatnot. So um, Vegas lines are a really good tool to use when you are analyzing quarterbacks. So I'll just give you guys some statistics about uh, the difference between favorites and underdogs uh, for passing stats. So over the last three years, quarterbacks have completed 63.7% of their passes um, as favorites and uh, only 60.9% of their passes as underdogs. Uh, favorites are averaging 264 passing yards per game. Underdogs are averaging only 245. So that's a 18-yard difference there. Uh, favorites are averaging 1.79 passing touchdowns per game. Underdogs are averaging only 1.41 passing touchdowns a game. And underdogs are throwing 0.97 
interceptions, while favorites are throwing only .84. Underdogs also get sacked uh, 2.6 times per game, while favorites get sacked only 2.3 times per game. So there's a lot of uh, disparities uh, between favorites and underdogs in terms of passing stats. And so when you look at Vegas lines, um, going back to my DFS playbook article, I have the uh, the second, well, the first figure in there. Um, it shows the points per dollar scored on FanDuel and DraftKings for, you know, home favorites, home underdogs, road favorites, and road underdogs. And they actually, um, home favorites by far score the most points per dollar on both FanDuel and DraftKings. So, uh, from in 2015, home favorites averaged 3.35 DraftKings points per thousand dollars. And, uh, that the next highest was 3.06 of any other combination. Um, and for FanDuel, home favorites averaged 2.56 points per thousand dollars on FanDuel, and the next highest was 2.41. So, home favorites, something that's always ideal in a in a quarterback. And then we go on to implied point totals and. The the sweet spot for implied point totals, you it, I, I grouped it uh you know below eighteen eighteen to twenty one twenty one to twenty four etc. Um, the sweet spot was actually twenty four to twenty seven. Um, that was where the most points per dollar uh per per dollar were scored on both Fanduel and DraftKings. Um, after tw- twenty seven and higher, um, it was it was still higher than you know under 21 but it was about the same as the 21 to 24 so what i think is happening there is like once you get up to these really high point totals those are the situations where the public is probably betting up um kind of teams that you know tend to they tend to bet up like the patriots for example and maybe overvaluing them a little bit and i think sites are taking into account these team totals just a little bit so um but any any team total over 24 is generally ideal uh, for selecting a quarterback so that's another thing to keep in mind and finally let's jump in Uh, we're going to jump around here we'll talk about cash games in in just a little bit but uh, I know TJ did a really good study on um, big game profiles so I'm going to I'm going to give a couple of GPP uh, stats and then he's going to jump right into talking about you know where we can find uh, big games and what kind of situations big games occur in for quarterbacks. So um, before we get to that, um, in my DFS playbook article, I looked at the winning lineups in both of FanDuel and DraftKings big tournaments last year. So for DraftKings, that's the Millionaire Maker. And for FanDuel, that's the Sunday Million. And what I did was I looked at different things like the median salaries for each position and the medium median ownership for each position and what i found was that for for quarterbacks um it's it's a really good idea to go contrarian at quarterback uh the average ownership in a winning millionaire maker lineup in 2015 uh, for quarterback was 6.9 percent and that was uh seventh out of the nine roster slots and on on fanduel it was only 4.7 percent and that was sixth out of the nine roster slots um, but all, but very low, obviously, you know, under 5%. So quarterbacks is a great place to go with a contrarian selection because unlike running back and wide receiver and tight end, pretty much every quarterback, and this is why you, you tend to look at efficiency for quarterbacks, pretty much every quarterback is going to get the requisite volume to potentially produce a big game um, in any given week. So 
you know, there's and there's so there's so many potential quarterbacks that you could choose that are going to have a, a really good shot of putting up a big game and and that's why it's usually good to go off the map a little bit there and then as far as salary goes um the median salary on in DraftKings millionaire make alliance for quarterbacks was 6400 that was third out of the nine roster slots but pretty much on par with what the, what an average quarterback would cost and on FanDuel it was 7900 which is actually second uh of the nine positions but again um, pretty much on par with what an average quarterback would cost. So again, it just shows that there's no real, I don't think there's anything really to gain from, you know, looking at a specific pricing tier with quarterbacks. You know, ideally you, you try to find a, a, a cheaper one because if you're going contrarian, um, and you can save some money, um, that would obviously be ideal. And that allows you to pay up at wide receiver, which is really important because there's only going to be so many wide receivers in a given week that are going to, uh, be able to get 10, 15 targets and really put up these monster games. So um, that being said, you know, I know a lot of the listeners really want to get those big tournament wins. So TJ, tell them how, you know, you did a really great study. It's going to come out real soon on 4 for 4. It should be out within the next um, few days about, uh, you know, quarterbacks and when they, a big game profile for a quarterback. When do they, when does a quarterback produce a big game, TJ? Yeah, before I get into this, I just want to reiterate that, uh, all of that stuff that you just covered, Chris, is really valuable. And that series that you wrote, the playbook, is available on 444.com right now. And I'm not just uh, blowing smoke or trying to be a company man here. If, if you're getting into DFS and, and trying to learn the game, uh, Chris's series on the, the playbook for each position, if you pick one series to read, uh, that's the series to read. It's really going to set out a, a blueprint for how to win in DFS. And... What I did was I looked at a lot of things that Chris was looking at, trying to figure out where these points are coming from, uh, but I took a slightly different methodology. And it's really funny, when I started this, Evan Silva was coincidentally writing a very similar article just looking at the top players, and and we came to some similar conclusions, uh, both myself and Evan and myself and Chris. Now, before I get into exactly where a big game comes from at quarterback, uh, I want to quickly go through the methodology, and basically what I did is I wanted to look at how to target quarterbacks that are going to keep you in contention for tournaments, so not necessarily the top scoring player at the position because we're never going to roster the, the number one player at every position, but we do need high scoring guys to keep us in contention, and what I found was that uh, to to finish in the top 10 of a, a large field tournament, you generally wanted a quarterback that finished in the top four. So I went back three years and looked at, at average scoring for top four quarterbacks in both FanDuel and DraftKings, and basically that gave us a baseline of points uh, that we want to target. On FanDuel, you want a, a quarterback that's going to flirt with uh, 30 FanDuel points, and then on DraftKings, you want a quarterback that's going to approach 32. So that was my baseline going back three years and what I found was, and Chris, you touched on this briefly, uh, you want a quarterback that is favored in a high-scoring game. And that might seem a little bit obvious, but the main takeaway from that is you'll find a lot of, uh, 
a lot of people touting quarterbacks that are in a high-scoring game, and they will say there's a shootout. So you might want to take the player that is on the team that's expected to lose because they're going to playing ke- they're going to be playing catch-up. Well, if you're looking for that absolute top-scoring quarterback. Um, you want the one that's in the good game script because you need that top three or four guy, and that's just not going to often come from the losing team. It might be okay if you're looking for a uh, a cheap cash game, but if you're really trying to to blow the doors off your score, you want that favored quarterback. Um, going a little bit further, looking at matchups out of all the positions that I researched, uh, all the skill positions, matchups mattered most for quarterbacks. Uh, Two thirds of our top scores on. DraftKings uh, rank, finished ranked in the bottom half of adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks and 70% on FanDuel. And I'll, I'll get into uh, the whys of that in, in a moment. Um, and looking at the the yardage for the passers of, of the, the big games, on DraftKings, you really need a guy that's going to at least have a chance to surpass that 300-yard mark. And the reason for that is because DraftKings has the three-point bonus. That's almost a full touchdown of scoring if they hit that 300-yard mark. So we found that 90% of our big game passers hit that 300-yard mark. On FanDuel, it was still 80%, but that's significantly less. So you can get lucky and have a quarterback that makes up those points just with touchdowns. Uh, But on on DraftKings, that 300-yard mark is absolutely essential. Chris, you touched on on the point spreads pretty in-depth, so I won't get into it too much. Uh, but basically you wanted a quarterback that was going to be on a team with at least a 25-point implied total, so just in that range that that you described. Uh, I think the most important thing that I found in this study and something that I think is understated across the industry is if you want to take down a GPP or you at least want to be in a contention for a GPP, you need a quarterback that isn't going to turn the ball over. Uh, not only do you get negative points for uh, for turnovers, but a quarterback is losing an opportunity to go down the field and score a touchdown. You need a quarterback that is going to score at least three touchdowns, oftentimes four. And if you lose one drive, that's so valuable, not just because you're losing points, but because that quarterback's losing the chance to score those points. Mm-hmm. So we saw um, 66% of our high scores didn't throw any interceptions and then 92 percent of our high scores had less than two interceptions so you might be able to get away with one interception but if you have a guy that is going to be turnover prone he just has such a lower percentage chance of hitting those 300 yards those four touchdowns because if they're lucky they might get six or seven drives a game and uh if you lose one of those opportunities the percentage of of scoring three or four touchdowns just goes down dramatically so really keep that in mind just because a quarterback and someone that comes to mind is like a matthew stafford who's going to turn the ball over he's losing so many chances to score touchdowns uh and i don't think that can be overstated enough oh damn definitely those are some really great points and you know that's it's very true it it all goes back to just looking at efficiency um for a quarterback and it doesn't necessarily mean you always have to choose the most efficient quarterbacks on the season but in the given game that you're selecting him for um he should have a, a a good chance at being an efficient quarterback in that game um so um now you know from from going talking about big games um something else that's Related to that is another topic that I know people really love to discuss, which is stacking. And we are 
coming out on 4 for 4, I actually did a couple of articles, one for FanDuel and one for DraftKings on stacking um, that will be coming out mid-August. And I really looked at, and, and thanks to TJ, first of all, because he compiled all of this data. And it was it was really great data because what we were able to do is um, we took every game from the last three seasons and we, uh, we had the – we – we separated the wide receiver one, the wide receiver two, and the wide receiver three, and the running back one and two, um, not just by their how many you know fantasy points or targets or whatever they had at the end of the season, um, but we separated them for each individual game. So, um, And we did that by looking at how many points they per- were projected for in that game. So, for example, um, if you had a situation like Steve Smith, who was the Baltimore wide receiver one, uh, for the first seven, eight weeks of last season, and then he got hurt, and then, you know, he's out of the picture, and now Kamar Aiken is the wide receiver one. We were able to account for that instead of simply calling, you know, Kamar Aiken the wide receiver one for the whole year because he had the most fantasy points and the most targets or whatever. So um, it was really uh, very happy with the accuracy of which we're able to define the individual positions, um, the pecking order which within each individual position. Um, but anyway, so found a lot of interesting things um, when it comes to stacking, so I'll just give you guys some uh, a, a few things, and uh, you guys can check out the articles when they drop um, about two weeks from now, but, well, first of all, this is probably obvious, but QB wide receiver one uh, is far and away the the best stack, you know, the stack with the best odds of, of hitting um, any point total you look at um and then something that's really interesting and i talked about this on the most accurate podcast earlier this week with tj and anthony stalter is that uh when you look at the correlation coefficients for quarterback to wide receiver two to wide receiver three and to tight end um they are actually higher than they are for the running back one but the thing about the correlations when you're looking at these correlations is remember um we're looking at these correlations for every game over three seasons so that's over that's a 1500 plus games and what we really want to know is not just what positions how the positions correlate to each other we want to know what happens when a quarterback has a big game? How are other positions then affected if we know a quarterback has a big game? Because when we're making our lineups, we're choosing a quarterback and then choosing players to stack with that quarterback based on, you know, our assumption is, hey, this quarterback is going to have a big game and that's why I'm going to stack these guys. And if he doesn't, he doesn't, then my lineup's probably shot anyway. So what we really want to know is, okay, what happens when a quarterback has a big game? And so what I did was I, I checked out... Um, uh, what happens when a quarterback scores 25 or more um, on both sites? And what I found was that the position after wide receiver one, the position that has the highest correlation and scores the most points um, is actually the running back. So, and the reason, and it might surprise people because I, you know, I think a lot of people kind of view quarterbacks and running backs as negatively correlated and especially quarterbacks, um, running backs, excuse me, and wide receivers as negatively correlated. And people kind of shy away from inserting a running back into a stack if they have a quarterback or wide receiver or both stacked. But what happens and why it's smart to stack a running back with a quarterback is because if you have a team that is putting up, you know, 35, 42, 45, whatever points in a given game, they probably scored four, five, six touchdowns. The quarterback will probably score, you know, in the NFL um, last season, uh, 69% of yardage and 69% of touchdowns came passing. So it's about a two to one ratio. So if a team scores four, five, six touchdowns, the quarterback will probably get, you know, three, four, 
five touchdowns, but the running back will also get, you know, one, two touchdowns. So if you have the quarterback and running back together, you will have access and exposure to the uh, a team's entire touchdown total uh, many times if they score a lot of points. So that's why um, stacking with the running back is a really underrated strategy that I was actually surprised at how um, just how effective it could be. You know, I wrote about this last year a bit. I think it was whatever week uh, the winning millionaire maker lineup had. Antonio Brown and I think it was Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, or maybe it was D'Angelo Williams, one of those guys, um, in the lineup together. And, you know, I kind of wrote about, you know, this is something that I think we're overlooking. And it, when you go back and look at the data, it turns out that it really is something that we're overlooking. And even in um, the three-man, four-man stacks, you know, after a wide receiver one, which, by the way, wide receiver ones were involved in all of the all of the most uh, effective three- and four-man stacks, um, so it, I don't. I wouldn't get too fancy and try to stack, say, a quarterback and you know everyone but his wide receiver one on some, you know, to try to be contrarian. Um, that didn't really look like it paid off much. Um, but um, after the wide receiver one, the running back is actually involved in most of those the most effective stacks. Um, and again, um, for for this for the study that we're gonna release, um, I was able to um put data and numbers to the effectiveness of each stack. So I was able to compare, you know, two-man stacks to three-man stacks to four-man stacks of all the different positions. Um, I did find that, you know, two-man stacks uh, had a greater odds of hitting than three-man stacks, than, which had a greater odds of hitting than four-man stacks. Um, so, you know, if you're building your lineups, you know, they all have a chance of hitting, but um, I would kind of get the most exposure, you know, to traditional, you know, two-man quarterback stacks, um, quarterback receiver stacks, or quarterback running back, and then, um, you know, maybe throw in a few uh, higher uh, three- and four-man stacks um, when the time is right, but I wouldn't really force that. Um, And then another thing is quarterback stacks are a lot more effective than running back defense stacks. I know those stacks are also very popular, um, or at least gaining popularity, Um, but what I found was that while they do have some correlation, um, it's it's nowhere near um, quarterback, wide receiver, quarterback, even quarterback, running back, or anything like that. So um, I wouldn't really um, base my lineup off of a uh, running back defense stack. You know, if I wanted to get exposure to running back and a defense and I'm playing mo- multiple lineups and, you know, I would try to pair them up, but I wouldn't go out of my way um, to do that. And uh, one other thing about stacking, which um, TJ uh, alluded to w- when he talked about, you know, Quarterbacks need to be um, on on a winning team, um, or, or you know, and, and they need to not turn the ball over. And you know, there's a shootout effect, but you still need to be efficient. Um, what I actually found was that opposing passing games have a very high correlation. So one way to kind of mitigate, you know, we're we're of course going to target favorites and target quarterbacks at home, but. Remember, even though Vegas is very accurate, they're not right 100% of the time. So I found a very strong correlation, especially on DraftKings, um, and probably because of the yardage bonus, but especially on DraftKings, very high correlation between opposing quarterbacks. It was actually the highest correlation outside of quarterback wide receiver one. So um, one thing to, to look at with that is if you're making multiple tournament lineups, which I know a lot of you are, um, 
to, to kind of hedge your bets, what you could do is, especially in these situations where it's going to be a high-scoring game, you know, you could target, yeah, you could target the quarterback who's a favorite, and maybe you, you're exposed more to that quarterback, but you should also be um, targeting the opposing quarterback just as like a hedge on, on the fact that, you know, you could be wrong, Vegas could be wrong, or it just could be one of those, you know, those shootouts that happen, and the other quarterback could end up outscoring the one everyone's targeting, which who would probably be in more lineups and have a higher ownership percentage, because remember, we are looking for these contrarian selections. So that's something that I am going to try to do a lot more this year, um, just in terms of how I determine my exposure to different players. And I do recommend um, if you're playing, if you really are into GPPs, um, you should probably be playing multiple lineups. You know, I wouldn't just throw, you know, my entire uh, money and play into one GPP for that week or two. You know, I would, you know, try to split it up a little bit, give yourself uh, the maximum chance to to, to, to win a top prize. Um, so those are some interesting things I found. Um, the quarterback is also correlated with the opposing wide receiver one. That's another player that, you know, if you're, if you plan to get exposure to say, um, a wide receiver on the opposing team, it would always be good to pair him with the opposing quarterback, um, or that opposing stack. Anytime you can do that, um, that's another great idea. So, um, those are just some things I found, um, regarding stacking, uh, TJ, anything to add there? Yeah, I just wanted to point out that you you went pretty in depth about not avoiding the running game and the passing game. So we basically calling that a, a game stack where you're trying to get all the touchdowns for one game. And you mentioned that uh, Oakland Pittsburgh game where D'Angelo and and AB went off and and won the Millie Maker for people. So we're not only seeing that these studies in theory are showing us these correlations, but we're seeing them in practice. Another place we saw that is four for four dot com contributor Joe Holka. Uh, qualified for the FanDuel uh, 4 for 4 final in back-to-back weeks, implementing game stack strategies, pairing up Julio with Devontae Freeman, and another wide receiver running back combo that's slipping my mind right now. But I just want to point out that we're seeing this come into fruition. So these stack studies we're doing are winning money, so it's really exciting to see. Um, but uh, uh, building off of that and, and what we talked about going into this season, uh, earlier on, Chris, you talked about how important uh, red zone rate is for uh, touchdowns, uh, the correlation that we see. And I did some work this offseason looking at year-to-year correlations. And early in the season, we don't have a lot of information to go on. So we're looking for trends that, that might stick from last year and maybe more importantly, trends that are going to change. And what I found is that on a year-to-year level, uh, touchdown rates tend to vary um, almost Uh, more than any other major statistical stat for quarterback. And the reason being is a few touchdowns can really swing the uh, season-long touchdown rate for a quarterback. So if they throw five less one year and five more the next year, their touchdown rate is going to look very different. Basically, what we expect to see is quarterbacks regress to some mean either they're going to be closer to the league mean or they're going to be closer to their personal mean if they have a big enough big enough sample size and that's looking at both overall touchdown rate and red zone touchdown rate and the way we can exploit this early in the season is we can find quarterbacks or any player for that matter that was scoring well above or well below an expected touchdown rate Uh, Those players are generally going to be overpriced going into a season in redraft and daily fantasy pricing is going to reflect that redraft pricing a lot of times. So we're going to see quarterbacks that played way over their head last year 
probably be a little bit overpriced early in the season. And quarterbacks that underperform probably be a little uh, underpriced. So I'm going to just touch on a couple guys that I found in my red zone regression study that played a little bit over or under uh, their expectation and probably are going to be over or under price going into the season. So uh, the guy that stood out in uh, just touchdown regression period, probably more than any player in the league was uh, Cam Newton. And a lot of people really look at his 10 rushing touchdowns and say that that is an unsustainable number. But if we look at his touchdown rate last year, uh, he threw 35% of his red zone attempts for touchdowns, and he also had a 7% overall touchdown rate. Uh, the league average is about 24% for red zone touchdown rate, and for Cam's career, even including last year, his career average is about 25%. So he was throwing touchdowns at a rate that's probably unsustainable. And then if we look at his 7% touchdown rate, uh, over the last 10 years, there have only been 39 quarterbacks that have hit a 6% touchdown rate uh, of those 39 quarterbacks only two met or exceeded that rate the next year we saw average drop off of 1.9 percent so uh, almost a two percent drop off so closer to five percent where the league average is right around four and a half four point seven uh, so if you're going into the season just blindly expecting cam to to repeat his touchdown totals you might uh, be in for a little bit of a disappointment and that could reflect itself in early season high ownership percentage so he could be a guy to fade uh, another guy is Matthew Stafford for very similar reasons. He can he converted 35% of his red zone attempts into touchdowns, and the most obvious obvious uh, hurt to his value this year is that he's losing Calvin Johnson. So not only is that a rate that Stafford has never came close to before, uh, but he loses his best red zone weapon. So two guys that might be a little overvalued going into the season based off what they did last year and we'll touch on prices shortly and on the other end of the spectrum even though this was a really small sample size he just stood out as a guy that really underperformed in the touchdown column last year and that's tony romo Uh, among active quarterbacks even last year he has the third highest touchdown rate uh only behind uh drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. So Romo's elite when it comes to scoring touchdowns. And that's not even just with Dez. That's pretty much his entire career. He's maintained that touchdown rate. So not only has he been very efficient scoring touchdowns, but he's going to get Dez, a healthy Dez back this year. So he's a guy that's probably going to be underpriced going into the season early on both sides. And again, we'll touch on this shortly. Um, But it's probably going to be a little undervalued just because he didn't score like we would expect him to last year. Definitely some great points there. Um, Cam Newton, you know, I think I think his t- passing touchdowns will regress because he likes dancing in the end zone, and you can only <laughs> do that if you get rushing touchdowns. So I actually expect him to set the record um, for r- quarterback rushing touchdowns this year and, and just stop throwing passing touchdowns. Completely. I like that take. All right, I can dig it. And those are worth more points, so <laughs> it, chase the rushing it, touchdowns. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll get into pricing because I, I did mention that uh, DraftKings pricing just dropped today uh, as we're recording this literally about an hour before and, um, and FanDuel pricing dropped earlier in the week, but I know I said I would uh, discuss uh, cash games. So I'm going to come out with uh, some articles um, if you guys are, were reading 
four for four last year. You're probably familiar. Um, their pricing and performance reviews for FanDuel and DraftKings, um, and I go through each position, an article for each position, and I'll just give you guys briefly some some of my findings. Um, and the first thing was that. Uh, on both sites, um, quarterbacks are priced a little bit differently than the other positions. They tend to score more points uh, per dollar um, than other positions on average. So that that's for something to keep in mind. So you can't just uh, blindly look at a projection uh, of a quarterback and, and and a salary of a quarterback and, and compare it to other positions. So, um, for example, last year, quarterbacks on FanDuel uh, – on average, scored 2.41 uh, points per thousand dollars. Now, the next highest was kicker at 1.72, then running back and wide receiver both at 1.70, uh, DST at 1.65, and tight ends at 1.55. On DraftKings, it was a similar story. Quarterbacks scored 3.13 points per thousand dollars. Uh, and then the next highest was on DraftKings was actually tight end, which is interesting because tight end was the lowest on FanDuel. So that's uh, that's something to keep in mind. Um, that's probably because um, on DraftKings you have the full PPR scoring, so it's a little easier to uh, project tight ends. And uh, but uh, then DSTs was at 2.70 points per thousand, and running back and wide receiver was at 2.65. So quarterbacks huge edge in points per dollar on both sites. Now, me and TJ actually were just talking off the air about how it looks like DraftKings fixed their quarterback pricing a little bit to the point where quarterbacks are priced higher this season. Like last year, there were just a ton of playable quarterbacks under 6,000. This year, it that doesn't look to be the case, at least in week one. Um, there's not many. Uh, there's maybe only one or two quarterbacks um, in, on the slate that are priced under 6K. So that's something to keep in mind. But um, just to go through some of my other findings regarding pricing and how it applies to cash games. Um, on DraftKings, the cheaper quarterbacks return more value per dollar. Um, so that's still something to keep in mind for this year, even though pricing has gone up across the board. Um, still, those cheaper quarterbacks, um, you're always gonna you're gonna have to find um, a quarterback who's cheap, but you know who satisfies some of the criteria that we discussed earlier. You know, home favorite, team total of 24, and there's usually one or two of those guys available um, at an inexpensive price because, um, as I mentioned, there's just so many quarterbacks that are playable in a given week. So. Uh, under so for example, last year uh, under 7k, every salary tier in 5,000 hour increments returned three points per thousand at least 50% of the time, and the highest was actually uh, in the 5,500 to 5,900 pricing tier, uh, returned uh, three points per thousand 55.7% of the time, and then the second highest was the 5,000 to 5,400. Uh, pricing tier which did it 53 percent of the time so the the two highest pricing tiers were under 6k now this year i think it'll be a little different if the pricing stays the way it is um but i think it's that's still something to look at where the quarterbacks on the lower end of the pricing spectrum will probably return the most value because last year on DraftKings, remember i said under 7k every tier uh returned three points per thousand 50 percent of the time well over seven thousand no salary tier got even past 40% uh, in terms of returning three points per thousand. So it was a very big discrepancy there. And I could, I could see something similar again, just because of uh, the way uh, 
there's so many quarterbacks and there's always going to be quarterbacks that uh, are going to have, you know, be a favorite, be at home and probably have a higher total um, than, than you would expect just because they're playing a bad defense or, or whatnot. On FanDuel, it's the same, same, pretty much the same story. Um, quarterbacks are priced a lot differently than other positions, um, and you know they return more value at every price point than other positions. Um, so you you can really be flexible when choosing a quarterback on FanDuel, no matter the contest type. Um, and, and and this also goes into uh, a study I did um, looking at. Uh, the weekly player consistency, and it's called uh, Leveraging Weekly Player Consistency in NFL DFS. Um, that came out a couple of weeks ago. It's on 444.com right now. But what I did was I found the uh, coefficient of variation, or CV, uh, of every position. And quarterback, the lower the number, the better. So it basically, the CV basically just measures uh, by what percentage does a statistic vary from its average. Um, so for, 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 for these positions, I did it, um, you know, the, I did the weekly, I calculated the weekly CVs. And so the lower number, the better. And quarterbacks actually came in the lowest out of any position, um, where they varied on average about a little over 40% on both sites. Um, and that's compared to, you know, uh, running backs and receivers, which are in, in the 60s, and defense, special teams, which is about 70%. Um, kicker was actually also pretty well. So, you know, a lot of people say kickers aren't very predictable, but um, they actually aren't as unpredictable as um, they might seem. But anyway, quarterbacks are the most consistent position. And because of that, you know, when you have a quarterback in a good situation that you can you can reliably trust their projection in essence um more than others so if you have say a quarterback that you know you might you might think is not that great um like for example i remember last season going into i think it was the game against the saints kirk cousins he he didn't really have a great first half of the season uh but had a really good projection against the saints because they had a really bad defense and um you know very turned out to have a very good game and it's just it was just an example of you know that's that's the kind of thing that you you could you could trust to play him in cash games in that situation too you know he's not just a tournament play because you can in general you can just trust quarterback projections more overall because all of their stats vary less um on a on a weekly basis um passing yards are one is pretty much the most consistent statistic on a weekly basis in fantasy um and and passing touchdowns uh are a lot more consistent than rushing receiving or receiving touchdowns so um something to keep in mind there um but the bottom line is even in cash games you know i know when i first started playing dfs uh it was kind of the common common thing was to to pay up for a quarterback in cash games but you know especially now i think just a combination of the way the sites are pricing and um how consistent quarterbacks are uh we've really learned to kind of you don't really have to pay up for a quarterback in dfs and uh, in cash games and sometimes it's it's pretty much the opposite um you really want to pay up where there's a discrepancy between the salary tiers of consistency so for example at wide receiver you know a guy like antonio brown he'll have to pay up for is very consistent but if you go into the middle to lower tiers a lot of those guys are very inconsistent so um a lot of times in cash games what you want to do is just pay up where you need the consistency and then fit your quarterback in uh where you can so um with that being said um that's pretty much it on on cash games um we'll jump into some week one pricing uh, anything you had to add there though uh, just about consistency or anything like that tj 
Uh, I think you, you covered it pretty good there. I think the one thing that I do want to touch on, and, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more, but you talked about the changes in uh, DraftKings pricing on the quarterback value. One change that you and I also talked a little bit off air, and I just want to get this out there before we get into the pricing, is that it looks like DraftKings might have changed their main slate to Sunday only. So the Millionaire Maker is only the games on Sunday, all of the cash games I have posted right now are only the games on Sunday. So that could be a really interesting change to our strategy going into this year when we're talking about game selection on DraftKings. So keep keep an eye on that because pricing literally came out maybe an hour ago. So there might be more games to come. It might just be a week one thing because there are two Monday night games. Uh, but interesting thing to note. Definitely. Um, that, that'll be very interesting. I, well, a lot of sweats might be changed from Monday Monday night to Sunday night, uh, if that's the case. Yeah, we'll be rich a day earlier. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so jumping into some week one pricing, some individual players and games to look at. Uh, I wrote an article on 4 for 4. It's out right now. It's called An Early Look at FanDuel's Week 1 Pricing. So I'll go over some of the things I talked about at the quarterback position there. I went on, I touched on every position in the article, but uh, we'll go about talk about some of the, the quarterback situations. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that Opposing passing games are correlated, and so uh, some some games that you might want to keep in mind in, ter- in terms of tournament exposure, uh, Raiders at Saints, the current over-under is 50, uh, Derek Carr is 7,700, and Drew Brees is 8,700. That could be an interesting game, although I, I actually think the Raiders' defense um, should be much improved, and I actually wrote an article uh, called The Raiders' Backfield is one of the most valuable situations in fantasy where I talk about that uh, more and more in relation to uh, Latavius Murray and DeAndre Washington, but I think the Raiders actually have a chance to have a really good defense I think uh, Vegas might be underestimating that a little bit in this game, or um, they might think the Saints' defense is still that bad and it's going to be a shootout regardless. But anyway, um, you know, it's a really high over. It's one of the, I believe it's the highest under, over under on the slate, or at least tied for it um, right now. So those are two quarterbacks, Carr and Breeze, um, that you might want exposure to in your week one tournaments. Uh, Lions at Colts, the current over under is 49. You have Stafford at a very affordable 7,400 on FanDuel, and then Andrew Lux at 8,700. Um, that's a game where both of those defenses um, might might not be that good this season. Um, Lions have some potential, but we'll see. You know, they have Darius Slay at corner, but I'm um, not sure their whole defense is going to come together, especially in week one against uh, the Colts, who have some pretty good players at the skill positions um, surrounding Andrew Luck. Uh, Steelers and Redskins had no current over-under at the time I wrote the article, probably due to just the whole Le'Veon Bell situation and everything like that. I'm not sure. I actually haven't checked if it's been updated yet, but um, I would assume that game would have a pretty uh, over-under in the range of 49 to 50 at least as well. Um, ben Roethlisberger is 8,500. Kirk Cousins is 7,800. Giants at Cowboys, uh, somewhat surprisingly high, 49 over-under. Um, just the way the Cowboys have actually played the Giants, um, they've actually done a really good job on defense, but the Cowboys are just so decimated um, on their defensive line with all of their players not being able to stay off the weed, as Stephen A. Smith would say, and just getting suspended. And there's just a lot going wrong with the Cowboys defense. You know, they they chose not to draft Jamin Ramsey at corner, so now they, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's apparently going to play defense for them. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the, you know, Eli Manning's 7,200, which looks like 
might you know that could be the steal of, of FanDuel um, if if he if him and Odell figure it out against this Cowboys defense because Eli um, he's the quarterback twenty in pricing on FanDuel. Uh, TJ was actually just mentioning that to me um, when he was looking at the DraftKings pricing. Eli is the quarterback twenty on FanDuel. Uh, but he's a quarterback five on DraftKings. So right there, you know that, you know, uh, if a prominence, one prominent site's algorithm is rating EY that high, like, you know, I think y- you have to take that into account. And, you know, Vegas is also rating him pretty high. So I think there's uh, a lot of things working in EY's favor. You know, I'm a little bit, you know, again, a little bit skeptical just how the Cowboys have played, but their defense is so bad that I wouldn't be surprised if this game did turn into a shootout. You know, we know Jason Witten tends to rip up the Giants defense every time they play. Uh, Tony Romo's only 7,600. He, you're probably getting an injury discount on him. Um, when he's healthy for a full season, he almost always finishes in the top 12 uh, quarterback in terms of point per game average. Um, Packers Jaguars, um, surprised the over under was only 47. Still one of the higher ones on the slate, but, you know, I could see this game being the highest scoring game uh, of, of the week. Aaron Rodgers is at 9K. Blake Bortles is at 84. Um, a little more than you'd like to pay at quarterback. But again, I think this game has some potential to be the highest on the slate. Uh, Patriots at Cardinals is an interesting one. The current over-under is 47.5. Um, but, you know, we saw Matt Castle um, filling in... Uh, it, 2008, I believe, for Tom Brady and post the top 12, top 13 fantasy season. Jimmy Garoppolo is only 6,900. You know, he's going to have Gronk. He's going to, he might have Edelman. He might have Deion Lewis. We'll see. I think a lot depends on those two guys. If, if Garoppolo has those two guys to run after the catch, you know, they could do a lot of the work for him. And he could post, you know, 300 yards passing just, you know, based off a lot of yards after the catch from Lewis and Edelman. Of course, Gronk. You got Martellus Bennett now. Um, we'll see what happens with the uh, other wide receiver spot with Chris Hogan. Um, but Carson Palmer's only 7,900. That's uh, pretty affordable. You know, anytime, you know, a guy of Carson Palmer's stature is $500 less than Blake. Blake Bortles, I think you have to pay attention there. I, I really like Palmer in this game. Uh, and then, you know, Carr, I think he'll be the highest owned quarterback probably in, in, on FanDuel in week one, just going against that Saints defense. I think everyone kind of remembers that defense. They allowed 45 passing touchdowns last season. Um, and then, uh, you know, but Garoppolo, he's an interesting one. He's a QB 24, and, you know, the Cardinals could just force the Patriots to score a lot of points. So, um, again, some somebody to keep in mind there. Uh, TJ, uh, what did you think about the DraftKings pricing that, that just dropped today? Yeah, we we haven't had too much of a chance to dig into it because, like we've mentioned multiple times now, uh, we, we haven't had too much time to digest it. The, the player that really stood out to me, like you mentioned, was Eli Manning just because of that price discrepancy, how, how different it is. Uh, there's a couple running backs that are really cheap that I think are going to be interesting. Chris Ivory's expected to be the starting back, and I think he's around 4,800. Uh, Gio Bernard is also sub 5000 so that's another guy that I think considering the the Bengals situation in the passing game uh, they lost Marvin Jones they lost Muhammad Sanu Tyler Eifert might not be available week one we don't know how good Tyler Boyd's going to be as a rookie uh, the Jets should be still pretty stout against the run which could cap Jeremy Hill's touch upside uh, so a lot of the offense could through fil- could filter through Geo um, in that first week uh, Dwayne Allen is pretty cheap i think he's right around the 5500 yeah 5500 uh, that's going to be a very high scoring game colts are favored by five at home i believe um so uh just a few a few quick notes that i noticed again we haven't had a ton of time to digest this i did mention the full slate on sundays uh, as it looks like at least for week one 
Uh, one thing that I do want to touch on, and you mentioned this with Eli again, week one is the week where we know the least, Vegas knows the least, projections are most likely to be uh, inaccurate. So in order to take advantage of that, uh, those Vegas projections possibly being wrong, one thing we can do is look at those price discrepancies on the site. Uh, Eli is the perfect example, 5th on DraftKings, 20th on FanDuel. Uh, there are going to be some justified price discrepancies just because of the scoring differences, but when we see that very explicit difference, uh, we could use that to our advantage, either to uh, roster a very contrarian play because we think they're overpriced, or recognize that there's something rotten in Denmark here. There's a difference in the algorithms. One site knows something that the other site doesn't um, and take that into account. So look for those price discrepancies in week one because it might be the most valuable week to use that information. Definitely. And uh, just in closing, some some quick thoughts I had. I'm on the DraftKings pricing again. Carson Palmer, I like his price on DraftKings too. You know, he's priced the same as Matt Ryan. They're both 7,100. Um, Blake Bortles only 7,200. Uh, Brock Osweiler, interestingly enough, is the QB 23, 6,300 at home versus Chicago. And I think Chicago has the potential to be a funnel defense this year, which kind of, I think Adam Leviton came up with this um, concept. I'm, if I'm giving it to the wrong person, my bad. Um, but I, I think it's Levitan. Yeah, I yeah. think it's Levitan. Um, but basically what that means is a, a defense that's good against the run, um, and, and that forces uh, offenses to kind of plan to just pass all over them. And I think Chicago might be one of those defenses this year. You know, They really beefed up their their front seven um, w- with the draft of Floyd and you know getting Trevathan and, and Freeman. And so I think they'll be pretty good against the run, but you know, the cornerbacks are still still question marks there in their secondary. Um, and so, you know, Osweiler, he has DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, he's Lamar Miller can catch the ball. Um, you know, they added some some other weapons at wide receiver. Um, and, you know, Osweiler is a guy we just don't know too much about, you know. So, I mean, I could see him possibly as an under-the-radar um, tournament play. Um, you know, he's a home favorite, so, you know, he fits the criteria that we discussed earlier. So, um, that's somebody to keep in mind as a contrarian play. I doubt he'll be over 5% owned, if that. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. So, um, that was our first podcast, guys. DFS MVP presented by 444 Football. Again, I will tell you guys about the free subscription giveaway. We're giving away a free 444 Football DFS subscription. That's a 99 dollar value so leave us a review on itunes to get it um you have to leave us a review on itunes and then you have to retweet the podcast uh from either my account that's at chris raybon uh tj's account that's at tj hernandez or 444's account that's at 444 football so leave us a review and retweet the podcast and uh you'll be entered to potentially win a dfs subscription uh winner will be chosen at random uh we'll announce it on next week's podcast and um, be sure to check out uh, 444.com. That's the uh, number four, the letters F-O-R, and the number four.com. Um, be sure to check out our DFS subscription and our premium subscription. We have a lot of great new additions um, coming this year, just a lot of little things people have been asking us about. Really excited about that. You can find out uh, all the information by just going to the site, um, clicking around, uh, checking out 444's Twitter feed, and checking out my, me and TJ's Twitter feed. So, um you know that was our podcast we'll do the uh we'll do running backs uh next uh that should be out uh next week and um thank you guys for listening let's get this money let's get this money now this looks like a top of me.